What's up, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, brought to you by Fantasy Alarm here on the Sawdust Podcast Network. I'm your host, Howard Bender. Back in the saddle again here with my man, Adam Ronis. Adam, man, how are you? How's, how's everything? It's been a couple of days since we've done a show together. Is, uh, is all right with the world? Is your NFL uh, fantasy football week three gone well now that you're getting ready to head into week four? Yeah, mostly week three went pretty well for the most part. Uh, I have some teams that kind of disappointed in. Uh, one team I know that's done, but you know me, fight it out, keep going. But I know it's in deep trouble and, uh, you know, have a few good teams. So uh, pretty good overall, I think, for week three. I like what happened with a lot of my teams. Yeah, I've got a couple that, you know, it's just not doing well. And I mean, listen, these, these are these are things that happen. I have one where we drafted back in in. Well, I don't even know. It was like June, like early June, the FSGA. Um, you know, and I look at that team from, you know, drafting and, and just what's going on with it now in different situations and player movement. Um, it's it's uh it's crazy. But you know what, man, there's nothing more frustrating though that when you see a guy who you know should be doing well and he's just not doing it and and you just get crazy frustrated. So that's that's what we're going to do tonight. Adam and I are going to talk about uh, th- each one of us has picked three of our most more frustrating players for NFL. And this is like a combination of things. Like, I'll say this, Adam. These these guys aren't only just frustrating me because of, of what's going on, but they're also frustrating me because they're doing it to so many other people who are asking us constantly What's up with these players? So I figured it's a good time just to kind of get it out and just so how goes it and uh and and give me somebody that's just really just gnawing at you. Well, I saw your list and a couple of those guys are on mine, so I decided to go different. Uh and I'll kind of go back and forth with you when you bring up yours. But one for me is Hollywood Brown. Uh, as a guy having quite a few leagues and, you know, week one looked good, blowout, five catches, 101 yards. All right, here we go. 15 and a half in the PPR, six targets. Cool. Next week, five for 42 on six targets. Eh, okay, fine. It was a blowout. But this week, all right, they're down against Kansas City. They're going to come out throwing two catches for 13 yards. And a lot of it was on Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was open on a couple routes and Lamar missed the throw and he knew it. So uh, it's kind of been frustrating. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet. And, you know, you also knew, all right, there is definitely some risk because they want to run the ball a lot. But I really thought that this team would not be as dominant as last year. I thought they would be in more competitive games. That wasn't the case in the first two weeks. And they just looked absolutely lost week three, Monday night against the Chiefs. We just, you know, took it to them. Now the schedule is favorable for them coming up. They have Washington, Cincinnati and Philly. So he can get going. But. They just need to do a better job of of getting him the football. I don't want to see him running over the middle. He's too small, bro. (laughs) I don't want that dude running over the middle and getting hit. You know, get it to him in the outside. Use him like Deshaun Jackson. So he's been frustrating so far, especially for a guy that has been in my lineup every single week. Yeah, you put him into a a little bit of press man coverage, and it just throws off his game. And he's he's a little on the the soft side, too. So um, I totally get it. I totally get it. I I felt the same way about him. I thought he'd be a really nice, uh, he'd be more than just that deep threat, but he hasn't even been 
that deep threat. So for a guy like Hollywood Brown, like where are you at with him? Are you, I mean, obviously, you know, he's not a guy you drop and it's pretty hard to shop him around to anybody and see if they're looking for receiver help. Um, he's kind of like, a, I'm going to package him up with some, with a running back to get either a better running back or a better wide receiver uh, at that point. Um, where are you at? You know, how, uh, how are you as far as like, are you back to like playing matchups with them instead of just locking them into your starting lineup regularly? No, I'm in pretty deep league. So I have him. He's pretty much going to be in play. Uh, you know, I usually, uh, I think I have, I have to look at my rankings for this week. I think I have him right around 26, 27. So that's like a wide receiver three. And, you know, they have some good matchups and it's just a matter of, do they get him the ball early enough before the game blows out? Now, because we know they want to run the football uh, they got away from the run a little bit too early in the last game. Um, but we see favorable matchups upcoming. So, you know, he should be effective with the way they were on the ball, apply action and get him the ball deep. Uh, so I'm I'm going to stick with him. Who do the Ravens have coming up? Let me look at the look Washington, at the Washington, Washington Cincinnati, and Philly. Oh, Philly. How bad is Philly? Can we yeah, talk about I, that for a second? Okay, well, that'll lead into my next guy then. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Carson Wentz, man. Uh, I have Carson Wentz in a few <laughs> leagues, including <laughs> a uh, – don't I have him in a – yeah, do I have him in a super flex league? Don't Dude, I? he's in my he's in my FFPC main event team. Yeah, it just sucks right now, and I've been playing him. I'm not playing him this week. Like, I have him ranked outside the top 20. Uh, they go going against San Francisco. His receiving core is banged up. The offensive line. I mean, this is a combination of things. The offensive line's a mess. Uh, they've had to shift things around. They've had injuries. Deshaun Jackson going down. Dallas Goddard going down. But Wentz has not played well. I mean, he's just made bad decisions. Uh, got sacked eight times in week one, three times last week, six interceptions, one fumble. He salvaged his day fantasy last week because he ran and had the rushing touchdown. But He's got one touchdown and four interceptions over the last couple weeks. And the Rams, fine. But against the Bengals, man, and you played overtime. They played a full freaking overtime. And 225, one touchdown, two picks, just not getting it done. So, And their schedule coming up, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. I don't see how you play in the next three weeks, man. I don't see how you play in the next three weeks. All right, so who'd you, uh, who, are you, who are you filling in with them? Joe Burrow in one league. Uh, who's the other? Wait, where do I, oh, the other one. I thought I would. Oh, the other one I have, I'm going to have to play him, I think, because I have Fitz, it's a super flex. I have Fitzpatrick who's in and Bridgewater. I don't want to play Bridgewater over him. Maybe I will. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and then the other league I have Wentz, uh, Gardner Minshew. I'm going to play over him. Gardner, oh yeah, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I actually, I'm, I think I'm waiting on waivers. My, my FFPC waivers? Did they pass? Did they go? They run. Yeah, I think they run a ten. Oh, all right. Let's see. Let's look at my team. Did I get him? Who'd you yeah. put in for Fitzpatrick? Yeah, I did put in for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I think he's the popular ad this week for those streaming and dealing with quarterback issues right now. Yeah, I have. Uh, I mean, I've got Baker Mayfield and, and Carson Wentz. And I picked up Fitzpatrick because, you know, right now what, what we're seeing with Cleveland uh, is, you know, they're going run heavy. And until teams start really scheming against the run, 
you know, we have to wait for that passing game to hopefully kind of blossom a little bit. You know, I compared it to to what happened with Minnesota. Remember Minnesota last year? Everybody was like all up on digs, and he was like, he was a disaster for the first few weeks. And uh, people were like, oh, it's run first, and it's all Dalvin Cook, and it's not going to be any passing, and the passing game is going to suck. And then like five out of the next six games, Diggs posted 100-yard efforts. You know, it's like it's just the natural progression. So um, I, I couldn't go with Baker either. So I had, yeah, I got to go with Fitzpatrick. Well, if there's any week to use Baker, it should be this one with the way the Cowboys defense has played. What you have to hope is that Dallas puts up points and it forces Cleveland into passing the ball. Um, Kareem Hunt also didn't practice today. I don't know if it's serious or not. Wednesday's not usually a big deal. I've always said this. And this is why you can't make decisions on start and sit on early in the week. Right. A lot of times we find out on Wednesday injuries that we didn't know about because it wasn't obvious in the game. Maybe it happened late. Maybe swelling happened the next couple of days and then they show up to the facility and say, yeah, my knee swollen, my foot. Like there was nothing about Kareem Hunt until today when we found out he didn't practice. But it's Wednesday. And sometimes if guys are just nicked up a little bit, they'll have them sit. But if there's any week for Baker, it's got to be this week. Um, that's kind of what I figure, but I figure let me hold on to Fitz, pick up Fitzpatrick because it's the same deal with Fitzpatrick. You know Seattle's oh, going to go up, and you know he's going to chuck the ball around, and you know how bad their secondary and their overall their defense is. They've so, allowed at least 450 passing yards to two of the three quarterbacks they faced, and the one they didn't, it was 397. Right, right. And and it's a, it's a home game, too. It's in Miami. Yeah, he's got a chalk. He might throw three picks, but I don't know if he will because the Seahawks defense is terrible. Jamal Adams got banged up in that last game. He might not play. Uh, so, yeah, they're really hurting. And we know Fitzpatrick, he's going to chuck it. He ain't afraid. So, you know, maybe he throws a pick or two, but just get us 300 yards, two or three touchdowns. We'll be cool. Right. Run one in, baby. Run one in. That too. Yeah. Come on. Um, all right. So we got uh, Carson Wentz here. Um, Who's your uh, who's your third guy? Uh, it's a tie. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go say Odell Beckham, man. You know because I expected more out of him. Even though we know and we touched upon a little bit, this is a, clearly a run first offense, and they don't want to throw the ball. Uh, Beckham came into the season healthy. Uh, he played through injuries last year. Still was okay, not great, but considering he had the injury, and for him to only have. 11 catches through three games. It's just really bad, man. I mean, the first week against Baltimore, they played from behind. We know how good that defense is, although Kansas City will uh, say something else. But uh, Cleveland's offense is not a match for the Ravens' defense right now. And he had the 10 targets, but three for 22. Then we, like, all were on pins and needles against the Bengals and just thankful that they ruled out a touchdown when they reviewed it. Uh, <laughs> that salvages. They had four for 74. And then... Last week, you know, they're playing from ahead, four for 59. So it's just been frustrating with Beckham because you pretty much have to play him. Now, I did bench him in week one in an RT Sports Championship League. I just said Ravens, not, nah, and had, you know, pretty good receivers uh, that I was able to put in the flex spot. Uh, I have played him the last two weeks, though, and I will obviously play him against Dallas. But he's got a, a game against Pittsburgh in week six. You know, that that might be one where you bench him, although there are bye weeks beginning week five. So still a couple weeks away from that. So we'll figure it out. But, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of frustrated with Beckham right now. Uh, you know, you want more for a guy that you draft around three and four. 
Um, I completely agree with you. And as I just said, I see Beckham for me, this is a guy who uh, I want to be patient with. I really want to hear, the, you know, I just, I just said this about Stefan Diggs and the, and the Vikings offense, right? So week one, 2019, week one, Stefan Diggs, uh, two catches for 37 yards. All right. Week two, uh, one catch for 49 yards and a touchdown. Uh, week three, uh, three catches, 15 yards. All right. Then all of a sudden, here it comes. Week four, seven catches for 108 yards. Then it was three catches for 44. And then, boom, seven for 167 and three touchdowns. Seven for 143. Back to back, seven for 143. Uh, and then, you know, and then, yeah, then he has a bad game. Uh, one for four, and then uh, and then three for forty nine, and then boom, five for one twenty one, uh, and a touchdown. So during that like stretch, which comes from week four to week eight, you know, defenses are playing Dalvin Cook a lot heavier. They're trying to stop the run, uh, and that's what when that opens up. I I'm telling you that that's the pattern that I'm seeing for uh, for Cleveland here. It's that same Stefanski offense. And uh, and people are just doing the exact same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm giving you hope, baby. I'm giving you hope. No, I, I'm I'm still somewhat optimistic. Again, though, I do think they clearly want to run the football a ton, and it makes sense. They have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, they are two of the top running backs in the NFL, so it makes sense. But still, you know, I always say, well, Baker's not going to throw a hundred yards every game, even if he throws two two fifty. A lot of those have to be to Beckham. So. Uh, you just, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for them to be trailing in games, man. <laughs> I want them to throw. Give me, give me a 10 target game again from Beckham. I can't take this six target shit. <laughs> They're coming. They're coming. I'm telling you. I'm yeah. Telling probably you. against Dallas this week against my team. Right. Well, here you go. It's, it's Dallas and then the Colts and then you've got the Steelers. Pittsburgh. So the, the Colts are good, but their secondary is not great. And they, they're capable of being beat. Steelers is a tough matchup, right? Then you got the Bengals, the Raiders, the Texans, the Eagles, the Jaguars, and then the Titans. That's a Which that's is, a sick stretch, dude. That's it is a great, but stretch. you you can't have them open up a big lead because they're just going to get conservative and run, run, yeah. run, which nope, has happened the last two weeks. It's the exact same thing that everybody said about Minnesota last year when they started off. It was just Dalvin Cook nonstop, twenty to twenty-five carries. Boom, 100 yards, touchdown. Like, no passing. Thielen was quiet. Diggs was quiet. Then all of a sudden, defenses are like, screw this, man. We got to play the run. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I, to me, Odell Beckham is like the ultimate buy low right now. Oh. Mm. Um, I'll tell you who's not the ultimate buy low. Well, no, actually, I think he is actually a really good buy low, but I'm having some serious issues that I know you are too. So uh, let's just, let's hash it out on Joe Mixon. Can we, can we just hash it out on Joe Mixon? This was late first round pick some, you know, early second for, you know, some people. And this has just been awful. Just awful. I mean, you know, Cincinnati just right from 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 the word go. Uh, it's all. It's not about using the run to set up the pass at all. They're like, you know, 
in the first quarter in a hurry up spread offense, uh, given Joe Burrow, you know, 15 targets downfield to throw to, uh, and it's an empty backfield and that's happening way too much right now. Way too much. And I got to tell you, man, there are some days where I just really need to be talked off the ledge about it. Not because I'm going to like drop Mixon or anything like that, but I mean, I mean, how how do I, in good conscience, start him, knowing that you know this is what the the Cincinnati offense is all about right now? Yeah, it's very difficult. I only have him in one league this year. Uh, it's tough because there's just not a lot of running back depth. Uh, if you're fortunate enough, maybe you do have two or three running backs better. But I don't think a lot of people in competitive leagues are in that situation. So you feel compelled to start him every week going, well, he's getting 15 to 18 touches. How many running backs get that? But the offensive line is a major problem. He's getting hit right away. They're not throwing it to him enough. It's not like Gio Bernard's playing a lot, but they use him, it seems, in the two-minute offense, in some obvious pass situations, and it's cutting into Mixon's receptions, which I don't understand because Mixon is a good back in the passing game. Now, this should be a week Mixon has a good game against Jacksonville at home. Then they got the Ravens, Colts, Browns, Titans, Steelers. So it's not a great schedule. Uh, you probably just have to write it out with Mixon. Um, I had this discussion with Rick Wolf on the Fantasy Alarm Show on Monday, and there's nothing you can really do with Mixon because if you trade him, you're not going to get any value for him. Correct. No one's going to give anything up significant. And you can't cut him, obviously. Someone will pick him up. So you kind of just have to write it out. And what you hope is that they figured things out like they did last year. Because we went through this with Mixon last year in the first half. He was terrible in the first half. And then all of a sudden, it got a lot better in the second half. And uh, if you were in playoff contention, he probably helped you down the stretch. So I think that's what you're hoping for is that, all right, it's early in the year. They they don't have things together. They're trying to figure it out. And you just hope that the offensive line gets a little bit better or they come up with better play designs uh, to get – the ball in the hands of Mixon where he's not getting touched behind the line of scrimmage as soon as he touches the ball. Are you looking at him as somebody to buy low? Are you looking at the panicking Mixon owner uh, and ready to just offer up a, just straight up like a wide receiver? You're like, I don't know, Cooper Cup. I'll give you Cooper Cup for Joe Mixon. Or is that even too much at this point right now? I think right now you don't even need to give up that much. I think that's uh, a little much. Okay, so what what would you give? What what would you say is uh, is is market value for Mixon right now? Oh, uh, boy, that's a tough one. Market value for Mixon. Um, you know, me trying to acquire him from somebody else. Not a dude shopping Mixon around. Oh, so you're just gonna send someone an offer for Mixon? Yeah. Hmm. What can we do? I mean, I don't know uh, if I really am. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to ballpark it for some people who might, you know, if somebody's sitting at three and zero right now and they've got good depth at wide receiver, like why wouldn't you know why why wouldn't they take a shot on buying low on Mixon, stash him away for the time being, and then when the time was right, then you you know you get him in your lineup. I guess someone like Julian Edelman, Edelman. Michael Gallup. Robbie Anderson, somewhere in that range. All right. Just straight up. You think that that nets Joe Mixon? I don't know if it will. It's mm. probably not. That's the thing. That's why it's hard to trade for him because the Mixon owners drafted him in the first or second round. They still believe and they're like, all right, well, I need to get they're gonna want 
Juju, Keenan Allen, Diggs. That's what they're going to want. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to part with that for Mixon right now. Right. I mean, there there is definitely concerns for Mixon. There's no uh, and that schedule after this week is, is not appealing. Um, but when you look at Mixon, you're like, well, he's get, we want the touches, right? I always say this though, I don't want crap touches. Like Le'Veon Bell last year got the touches; they were crap touches. Why do I want that for? Right. I mean, it's great he's getting the volume, but he's not doing anything with it on a bad team. So what good does it do me? Um, I mean. <laughs> I mean, Mixon has been held on to 50 rushing yards in each of the last two weeks, man. I mean, you look at the touches, 20, 20, 19, right? That's what we want in our running back, right? But <laughs> then as bad as it's been, I mean, all right, he had like eight points last week. The week before, he had 12. That's the thing. As bad as it's been, you know, he's going to get you eight to 12. That's not what we want out of our first-round pick, but that's where the volume comes in. But the week he had 12... He had four targets, caught all four for 40 yards. The other two games, three receptions for 18 yards. It's not getting it done. That's the problem with these running backs that are not involved in the passing game. And if they're not scoring touchdowns, I mean, the floor is just so low. And that's the problem with Mixon right now. Wow. Well, thanks for making me feel so good about it. <laughs> I mean, Joe I'm Mixon just being realistic On my here. roster. Damn. Yeah, it just, it, it's just been a... A frustrating start if you have Mixon. Yeah, it definitely has. You only have my one team. I got about several. Well, and I could, I could care less about that team, too. Oh, you know. <laughs> All right. Trust guy. me, I got I got problems across my other leagues, too. So it's don't worry. Another guy who's pissing me off right now, uh, DeAndre Swift. Oh, I'm right there with you, man. You know, it's like. I, you know, <laughs> it's really funny. I, I thought this past week was going to be a great week for Swift. I mean, listen, I'm not expecting mind-boggling numbers here, but, you know, show me something. I actually, but, you know, I, I feel like GameScript really just kind of took him out of the uh, of the action because Detroit was playing well and, and Arizona was looking like crap. Uh, and and it was just it was easy to to just hand the ball off to to Peterson and slow the game down. They gave him what twenty touches. Um, so I mean that kind of took Swift out of the action, uh, you know, because I was kind of hoping that you know as a nice pass catching back. But I mean you you've looked at now through the first three games, and you're like, I mean they're just really they're not using him there they don't believe he's ready at all no they're uh, idiots it's okay they're idiots first of all okay uh he played six snaps last week and there were some quotes from the bevel about what they were doing and he's this is a quote from him it's not anything that those guys are or aren't doing we're just trying to again accentuate their positives and put them in positions to be successful you saw swift his plays were a little bit down yeah he fucking was on the field for six snaps. I saw a ton. And he had one reception for 19 yards. Yeah, I saw that. We want to keep those up and get him more involved. The one play he catches, he has a nice catch and run, looks fast and looks explosive. It's just continuing to manage those guys and putting them in the best situations. And then he goes on to say, uh, I don't know what's when it's going to happen, but he wants the ball. We want him to have it, and we'll just keep continuing to go there. This is about Peterson. And spell him with carry on. Spell him with Swift and kind of go from there. What are you guys doing? I think so. I originally thought 
thinking about it, I said, okay, what they were doing last week was Patricia knows he's got to win a game, right? Start off 0-2, you have the horrific week one. So you go, all right, we need to kind of slow this game down. We don't want the Cardinals offense to get going and Murray to run all over us. So you know what? We're going to be conservative. We're just going to run the ball, try and control the clock. And the best guy to do that with is Peterson. So that's what I thought they were doing. Because uh, even Stafford only attempted 31 passes, and I thought he would have a bigger game, and he could have. There was a touchdown call back on, on a penalty to um, Marvin Hall. So that's what I thought. I'm like, all right, that's probably right. Or then I'm like, either that or something happened in practice with DeAndre Swift. He did something wrong. Because, like, what is going on here? We saw Swift heavily involved week one. He dropped the touchdown pass, and they still gave him something in week two. And then to play six snaps, it didn't make any sense. So I will say this, and I have Swift in a lot of leagues, and he was in my lineup in a few last week, so it clearly burned me. I'm not playing him this week, obviously, but I'm holding on to him because I still feel at some point that he's got to play a big role in this offense. You can tell me all you want about Peterson, and I respect him, and I can't. And he's, you know, to play this long, he still had 22 carries for 75 yards, 3.4 yards a pop. You're just not going to win many games if that's what your intention is to do. You've got Galladay, Hawkinson, Jones. Open it up, man. We saw what Stafford did last year before he got hurt. Open it up. Don't play this stupid conservative game. It's not going to work. It worked this week, and I thought Detroit was had a shot to win. I really did, because I thought I, I thought people were just anointing Arizona way too quick. Oh, they're 2-0. Oh, this is good. Kyler Murray, relax, guys. This team is not <laughs> great. And you know how it goes in the NFL. You you do sports wagering. It was so easy last week to take Arizona. And I saw people because the line started blow. It jumped up. And I'm like, nah, this is a trap, man. Detroit's got a good shot to win this game. And that's exactly what happened. Um, and, and Murray did not play well. He turned it over three times. But Detroit and Patricia, man, I don't know what he's doing. Because Swift is an explosive player. And you got to get him involved. You want to roll with Peterson, give him 15 carries. I don't think it's the right idea, but you want to do that, fine. You've got to get Swift involved in this offense in the passing game somehow. You have to. You cannot have this guy on the field for six snaps. Why'd you draft him? Unless something went on behind the scenes that we don't know about, and they're not telling us, this something don't seem right here. I love it, man. I love. It. It's like you're inside my head. Like I had that conversation. Uh, you know, sitting there on Sunday, just going over and over again. Why the hell this guy's not touching the ball? And very, very frustrating. So he's a hold, you know? Yeah, I think so. Stash him away. Yeah, I I don't think you can drop him because, you know, as soon as you do, something happens to Peterson and then he comes in there or maybe they get smart and start to utilize him again. I mean, they're home this week against the Saints. Uh, then they're at Jacksonville, Ooh, at Atlanta. Come on, let's Swift play that week, man. <laughs> and it's not that bad. Then it's Colts, Vikings, uh, Washington, Carolina. Oh, the Texans. The Texans can't stop the run for, to save their lives. That would be a nice... Would... I don't even care about using him in the run. Get him involved in the passing game, man. Give me five for 50 and a touchdown, man. I don't even need him to get 15 carries. But he... Uh... But he's got to be on the field. The thing is, if if you think that the Saints are playing from ahead in this game and they could get Michael Thomas back this week, you would think, all right, if they're playing from behind, 
because they don't use Peterson in the past game. So Swift could be out there. But after what we saw last week, I just don't see how we can roll with it. I, I can't. I just can't. I'd have to be absolutely desperate. Uh, and right now, and I have I have Swift in at least three leagues, maybe four. I can't play him. Not this week. Yeah, I mean, there's just if if you've got an alternative who, you know, touches the ball more. I mean, you have to, you have to roll with that, and uh, you know, it it sucks because you know, especially if you get a, if you feel like you're gonna miss a game, you know, like a game that you really want. You know, to happen, but I don't even know if 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 that's what we've got on the agenda for Detroit this week. So, and the, here here's the worst part: why people should not like really kick themselves because we didn't really see this coming. The week before, now they did play from behind, although they were up fourteen three on Green Bay. They tend to have leads and then just give them right back, which is an indication your coach sucks. Uh, but that's another story. Um, but that was a game they were up 14-3 after the first quarter, down 17-14 at the half. And then they got outscored by 17 in the third quarter. So they were playing from behind a lot of the second half. But the week before, Peterson had 7 for 41. Carry on had 8 for 32. And I remember early in the game he was getting carries. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Swift had 5 for 12. But Swift had five targets and 5 for 60 in that game. So he goes from that and what he did in week one to playing six snaps. Like, what? And there was no reporting, no indication of it at all. So, you know, I don't look back and go, what was I thinking? What was I doing? That just came out of nowhere. Because I thought Swift was going to see his role expand each and every week. And last week was just a smack in the face, man. Yeah, it most definitely was. I was using him in DFS all over the place also. So, I mean, it was uh, uh, incredibly disappointing. All right, I got one more player to throw out. Uh, but before I do that, I got to give a, a quick shout out uh, to Monkey Knife Fight, our sponsors. Uh, DFS site you need to be playing on right now, and here's why. <laughs> do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Then you need to check out MonkeyKnifeFight.com. MonkeyKnifeFight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because MonkeyKnifeFight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance at winning, even you, Adam, even you. Uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up. And if you use the promo code ANTEUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam. One more guy. One more guy who's just uh, driving me insane right now. And I mean, it's obviously it's there's so many. The, the circumstances around him uh, are not good. But Daniel Jones has just looked Oh, uh, like I didn't have high expectations for him 
against Pittsburgh on you know in, in the first game. And that happened to end up being his best game. Uh, 279 and two touchdowns, and yeah, two picks, but you know, at least you got 279 and two touchdowns. Week two, 241 yards and a pick. Then, uh, then he follows that up against the worst San Francisco 49ers team of all time, thanks to injuries. Um, 179 yards and a pick. Um, it is insanely frustrating. Obviously, listen, I get it. You lose Barkley. Um, and, and you're trying to, you know, steer your offense behind Barkley. Um, so it's a little just disconcerting there that, that that's happening. Now, Sterling Shepard being out also, maybe that's a little something. Uh, Evan Engram doesn't really, you know, catch the ball that well. But, man, I really, I had higher expectations for the Giants here only because I figured their defense is, is shaky. And and they're just gonna have to throw the ball, and that's gonna give you this this great upside for Daniel Jones. But I mean, just the turnovers are killing me right now with uh, four interceptions. He's got a couple of fumbles, um, so it's really man. I mean, I thought you know, waiting on quarterback, I would still be able to steal something here in Daniel Jones. And man, I'm like, again, here's like a like a we talked about with Carson Wentz, just. Yeesh, yeesh. Just let me stream Fitzpatrick. Uh, before I get into Daniel Jones, I just want to let you know the Indians had first and second in the bottom of the eighth with nobody out. They bring in a roll this Chapman. Uh, he gives up a run scoring single to Cesar Hernandez. So 9-8 Indians, bottom of the eighth, first and second, no out. All right. Uh, now, Daniel Jones. So mean. I'm just letting you know because I know you are, are not currently watching. Just a, um, you're just such a Yankees hater. It's it's. I uh, am. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. That's, that's, anyone it's, who knows it's, me, it's, it's obvious. It's adorable. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're like just some follower on Twitter who just won a chance to do a podcast with Howard Bender. And, and that's what you're doing. That's what you're throwing at me there. No, I'm just giving you an update. Yeah. That's all. Dude, I can hear the smug smirk through... The headset here. It's not over yet. The no, 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 not by any many means. But it's right. just very, very comical. I'm, I'm just, you know what? I'm, I'm writing this down in my book. For what? Just, you know, for when I gotta pay people back for shit they do to me. Oh well, it ain't gonna happen with the Jets. So, <laughs> 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 but uh, no, I feel your pain on Daniel Jones, man. I, I was high on Daniel Jones, but I knew. The rough, the early season schedule was rough with mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, Chicago, San Fran, and the Rams. Now, then it opens up Dallas, Washington, some division games. So that's why I'm trying to hold them. Uh, I have them in a league, and one of my partners is like, let's drop them. I'm like, no, man, let's just kind of ride it out, play someone else, and hopefully when the schedule opens up, he's better. I mean, the offensive line was supposed to be improved. It's not. It's played like shit. Losing Barkley didn't help. And you mentioned the turnovers. That was something that we knew was still going to be a problem. We needed to see him eliminate that in his game, and it's still not there. Uh, Four interceptions in three games and the fumble loss. That was uh, each of the last two weeks. That was something we saw last year. I mean, the reason why I liked him is we saw some signs last year. We saw some big ceiling games. We saw him run a little bit. He never had the entire team fully healthy. That seems to be an issue again with Shepard, who's constantly hurt. Uh, Ingram has looked terrible. I don't even know. What's going on with him? Uh, but, yeah, I, the biggest reason why this might not turn around, the run, lack of a running game. It's not like Barkley 
put up big yards on the ground last year. He started to late in the second half, I think, when he was healthier. But there's no threat of a running game. I'm sorry, Devonta Freeman. If I'm wrong, I will fully admit it. I think he's done. Uh, it's not a good offensive line. So there's no threat of a run game right now. So teams know, all right, well, they're playing from behind. Jones is going to pass, and they could just tee off on him. So that's the issue. Uh, but I think you just got to hope that with the schedule opening up and the division being bad, that maybe he can come through. So I'm trying to be patient. Uh, I benched him the last – did I bench him the last couple of weeks? I think so. Well, the one league, I have him and Tannehill. I've played Tannehill every week, but now I have an issue this week because Tannehill has Pittsburgh. So – and then, you know, it sounds like that game's going to be played Monday or Tuesday. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something I have to figure out. And I have him in a super flex league where I had him, Trubisky, and Burrow. And obviously now Trubisky's done, so I've got to roll with Burrow and Jones. Uh, so I'm kind of committed to him. So I'm hoping he turns it around. But it's been a miserable start. And actually, FSGA, I started him last week. I started Garoppolo the week he got hurt and then dropped him. <laughs> and I did, you know, there's only six spots. And I'm like, I can't have a second quarterback. Now, I did put in... A, a small bid, a backup for Fitzpatrick. I think waivers ran. Let's see if I got him because I don't know if anyone else put a. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, I lost by a dollar. Oh, look at that! Well, yeah. damn. I guess I have to. I guess I'm rolling with Daniel Jones unless this. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Uh, you know what? I'm, you know, I, I, I do have a, uh, you know, after all of that angst for those six players, and that's Marquise Brown, Carson Wentz, um, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, uh, and Daniel Jones. I, I think we're all at the at the point though where it's like some of them we just we want to give them some more time. We still have decent expectations from them. We don't think you should be giving up on on any of these guys um but yeah we just you know we need to need to vet that frustration and at least kind of have the conversation because if you guys out there are thinking about dropping these guys or selling them for pennies on the dollar uh at least know that we are relatively optimistic about some of their you know most of their situations uh and we'll just we'll get we're gonna kind of have to wait and see uh, what happens there? Um, my my one silver lining from uh, from last week to this week, Adam. Uh, do you remember that dude who uh, who blocked me from picking up yes. Jeff Driscoll? Mm-hmm. Well, how great is that? The fact that now Driscoll is riding the pine, Ripian's uh, you know under center. This dude wasted twenty five percent of his fab budget on this move that you know didn't even work for him. Uh, it didn't matter. I was going to lose my game anyway because the dude who played me put up like this record number of points. And now coming into to this week here in week four, um, I've either got Garoppolo or Mullins, whichever one of those guys is going to start. I've got them both. And I get to drop Nick Foles into my, uh, into my super flex spot because I kept him on the bench waiting for Trubisky to lose his job. So... Uh, the timing is absolutely perfect, and this dude who who blocked me just wasted, wasted 25% of his fab budget because he's too busy looking over the fence at my yard 
instead of tending to his own garden. Yeah, worry about your own team, man. That's how it should be. Yeah, so that made me feel good. That made me feel good. All right, that's going to do it for Adam and I uh, tonight. I apparently have to now go and uh, and and cry over the late innings of the Yankee-Indians game. Uh, big thanks to uh, all of you for tuning in. Uh, 100% great to, uh, to talk, and we got more coming up. So uh, for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Thanks for listening to Annie Up. We'll catch you next time.